Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up here in just a moment, the author of the book Above the Law, uh, which we're going to get to here in just a moment, but keep going, please. Thank you. Above the Law, the inside story of how the Justice Department tried to subvert President Trump. Former U.S. Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker is going to be joining us. I'm very, very excited to have him with us tonight because, look, if you watch the show here, Point of View, regularly, you know all the time we are talking about how do we make Lady Justice blind again? How do we make Lady Justice blind, especially after this whole Russia hoax, this Bob Mueller impeachment report? So joining us tonight live on the 702 Communications Line is the former acting U.S. Attorney General who oversaw actually some of the special counsel investigation, Mr. Matt Whitaker. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on the new book. It's outstanding. I've had a chance to read a bunch of it. So I want to start here tonight that ties into your book that uh, has been a big topic of conversation in the news lately. So I'm just going to say one word and then get your reaction to it. Obamagate. What do you have to say about that? Well, it's a, a developing story, but what I, you know, what I would say is that it appears that at the highest levels of the Obama administration at the White House and at the Obama Justice Department, that they set out to uh, uh, hamstring, frustrate, and otherwise undo the election of 2016. This January 5th meeting that we're learning more and more about, including the uh, record of the January 20th email of Susan Rice, I think lays out pretty clear what this was about. You know, I've, I've talked about often how there are several examples uh, where we knew both from the Mueller investigation, the House Intelligence Committee transcripts, the um, Strzok and Page text, and the fact that on January 4th, the FBI was trying to close the counterintelligence investigation. From all of that, we know that there was never any evidence of collusion, of a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. And so ultimately what I felt and what I talk about in the book Above the Law that just came out yesterday is that it looks to me like this was just an obstruction of justice trap for the president and anyone else involved, including myself. It must have been so frustrating to be sitting there, especially overseeing the special counsel. I'm assuming you had a gut feeling that this, this thing was a hoax from the get-go. So when, when did you know oh my gosh, there's no collusion. This has been a total media hoax. Uh, the first time I was briefed on the investigation, if you remember, Attorney General Sessions was recused. I was his chief of staff, so therefore I was also recused because of his recusal. And, and as soon as I was brought in to supervise the investigation by the, being appointed the acting Attorney General, uh, I was briefed on the Mueller investigation. And what I learned is that they had found no evidence of collusion. And, you know, I, I knew at that moment that really this entire national nightmare had been a waste of time. And my job was to make sure that the report got done uh, that was required under the regulations that the special counsel was appointed. I waited my entire time as acting attorney general asking uh, <laughs> and, and, and any way I could to try to get the report issued and done with, um, you know, obviously, it was uh, not accomplished till six weeks after Bill Barr took over as attorney general and succeeded me. But, um, you know, I, I, I could tell that they were trying to justify their existence. The special counsel so, was by writing an extensive report. So just for clarity for our audience, Matt, you took over as acting attorney general on November 7th, 2018, correct? 
That is correct. So you knew as soon as essentially that day, maybe the 8th, that there was no collusion. Uh, first off, I, I want to give you a hat tip for your integrity, because if I were you, I would have been screaming from the rooftops that there's no collusion. This is a hoax. Uh, but with that being said, then when do you think when do you think Bob Mueller knew there was no collusion? You know, I, I would guess that he also knew that it was that there was no connection between the Russian government and any members of the Trump campaign soon after he took over the investigation and built his team. It's uh, if you if I look back on what was publicly available is, you know, it, it seems that there were all indications that that no one could produce any evidence of that. Now, these people that testified in the House Intelligence Committee, especially from the Obama administration, suggested that there was evidence and uh, publicly they would go on oftentimes CNN, CNN or MSNBC and say that, but in their testimony in front of the House, they never said that there was any evidence and nobody has had any evidence. And it's, it's, I, think it's, I think it's one of the biggest, um, sh most shameful moments in the history of the Department of Justice. And we're going to get to that in a moment, sir. But so you said soon thereafter when Bob Mueller took over. So just for some context for our audience, Bob Mueller um, became special counsel in basically the middle of May of 2017. You're suggesting he knew fairly soon there was no collusion. So the next question, obviously, is do you think Bob Mueller uh, sort of waited this thing out to impact the 2018 midterm elections to help the Democrats take over the House and then obviously be able to impeach President Trump? Yeah, it, it appeared to me that, uh, that the Mueller investigation was kept over, kept open, and uh, they were unwilling to close the investigation, write the report, and be done with it because they were waiting for the president to uh, do some act that they could consider obstruction of justice. If you read part two of their report, it's pretty clear that they were watching very carefully every move of the president, every move of everyone around him, and the things that they considered to be uh, attempts at obstruction, uh, which again, I don't think has ever been prosecuted uh, by the Department of Justice, was, um, you know, that they were just waiting for him to trip over or someone like myself yeah. to do something that they could charge. T take us behind the scenes a little bit, because you just said, hey, Chris, when I was first debriefed, I knew there was no collusion. President Trump clearly knew from the get-go there was no collusion. How he didn't, I mean, he was screaming from the rooftops, but I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> he was so, pretty adamant about so it. <laughs> But take us behind, because if I'm him behind closed doors, I mean, I'm pulling my hair out, but yet, honestly, I thought he was pretty calm about it at times. So behind the scenes, was he like, what in the world's going on? What would he say to you behind closed doors? Well, I don't talk about my private conversations with the president. If you remember my House uh, Judiciary Committee testimony, I was, <laughs> uh, you know, was pretty uh, strenuous about that. But I can tell you, he never told me to do anything uh, illegal or unethical. And he also, you know, never asked me to um, you know, to fire the special counsel or anything yeah. like that. And I, I talk about in my book, Above the Law, how, um, you know, if he had asked me how I would have uh, handled that and explained to him why that was not in his best interest. Yeah. So um, let me, we're, we're going to, I'm going to show that in a second, guys. So give me one more second here. So as you know, President Trump recently tweeted out um, that he believes that President Barack Obama needs to be called uh, to testify. Do you concur with President Trump that President Obama should testify in front of Congress? Well, I certainly understand the president's sentiment in that. I mean, if you can put yourself in his shoes, he was very frustrated uh, by the invest ongoing investigation that really lasted uh, 
from before he became president until more than two years into his presidency. So I totally understand why he would want a full accounting and to understand who knew what when. Uh, you know, what I heard Bill Barr say earlier this week was that there is no current evidence uh, that a criminal investigation could be opened against uh, both President Obama and Vice President Biden. So, <laughs> I mean, I would I would I would want as a as a good law enforcement member and someone that believes in regular order and the rule of law, I would want some predication before um, they testified. Now, you know what the House or Senate can do based on their rules is a whole different issue. And we'll see what Rookanel continues to declassify because that could get very interesting. So I want to bring up uh, the cover of your book for our audience real quick, Mr. Whitaker, if you can do that, Zach, just to create some context for what I'm going to do here in a moment. But you can see on the cover of his book that he's got Jim Comey, Andy McCabe, and Peter Strzok, the lover Peter Strzok. So I want to share that with our audience real quick because uh, on, let's see, this was um, from May 23rd, 2019, Matt, I'm going to play a clip for you of President Trump, but he was asked, who specifically are you accusing of treason? Here's his response. I'm going to give you a chance to react to it. Who specifically are you accusing of treason? Well, I think a number of people, and I think what you look is that they have unsuccessfully tried to take down the wrong person. If you look at Comey, if you look at McCabe, if you look at probably people people higher than that, if you look at Strzok. He just mentioned everybody on the cover of your book. Do you think they committed treason? You know, again, as, as someone that has been a, in the Department of Justice for 25% of my professional career, uh, you know, I put them on the book for a very specific reason, and that is because I think they followed, uh, did not follow regular order. They did not do things consistent with the practices and procedures uh, according to the justice manual that we all follow and that they held themselves above the law. Treason is a very specific crime with elements. I'd want to know what facts we have in order to charge them with that. Uh, but I think those, those three individuals, in particular, two of them have already been reviewed uh, by at least one U.S. attorney yeah. uh, for their leaking of classified materials. And so, you know, I don't think they're out of the woods yet. And I'm not going to front run John Durham and his investigation and let uh, let him figure out what the evidence shows and whether or not any laws were violated by those folks or other individuals. So this might sound like an ignorant question, Matt, but I haven't lived in the swamp like you have. But you know, one of the things that really jumped out to me in your book is you talked about all the shenanigans going on within the DOJ, the FBI with the leaks and the line and you know the cover up, some would say. My question to you is, is why go through all that hassle? Like, what, what do you think, what are they covering up? Who are they covering for? Well, oftentimes, and I talk about this in the chapter that I titled Coastal Elitism, and that is uh, so much of this is just to uh, support their own reputation and advancement, uh, both within the society that they run in and their the professional career. And so, you know, a lot of it's just self-serving. A lot of it is to tear other people down, but it's also... I think to oftentimes affect their public um, personas. And, you know, I look at how, you know, we get behind what Jim Comey and Andy McCabe were doing. Oftentimes there was a negative story that was run and they would immediately leak a positive story. I'll, I'll never forget the Andy McCabe story where there was a story in one paper talking about how, you know, he had done these things regarding his wife's campaign and it was negative and he was anti-Trump. And then, of course, you know, it was... Uh, the story in the Wall Street Journal then talked about how Andy McCabe was the hero and had, you know, challenged the deputy attorney general 
about the investigation into Hillary Clinton's email server. So, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's those types of things where these individuals were always trying to uh, improve their reputation or correct what they perceived as a wrong public perception yeah. of, of them as people. A couple of quick questions and one more, and then we're going to take a break. But so Bill Barr said under testimony, he believes that uh, President Trump's campaign was spied on. People freaked out. Would you classify this as spying what took place? I, I think by this classic uh, definition of spying, yes, it was yeah. a, you, someone you, on the campaign was wiretapped. Would you define what you've seen as a silent coup? Well, I use subvert uh, very purposefully because I think it uh, captures a lot of of what I describe in my book. And that is, is that there were certainly individuals that uh, within the Department of Justice and also within the intelligence communities that did not agree with the 2016 election and were trying to undo a valid election of a president. And so, you know, coup is a very so strong, often uh, armed uh, conflict is inferred, but I would say that there are those <laughs> well, that certainly try to subvert and undo the, the well, you, election. You did talk about Rod Rosenstein being white tapped, but, but here, here's why I asked you those questions, Matt, because everybody, everybody in our audience right now is going, where are the indictments? You guys put Manafort you know, in solitary confinement. You raid uh, Stone's house. We see what's going on with General Flynn. They lo but, but then you've got Comey writing book, making millions, McCabe on TV making, I mean, when are there finally going to be some indictments for the other side, if you would. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with your viewers and the American people that want accountability, that want transparency. I think that's exactly what John Durham is tasked with doing, is to getting to the bottom of the origins of the Russia collusion fable and ultimately bringing anybody that can be brought to justice to justice. But I think at the same time, we have to have the facts and we have to have the evidence to bring those charges and, and our, our system of law and our constitution demands that. And and I, I really, you know, believe that regular order needs to be restored at the Department of Justice. All right. Stay with us. Mr. Whitaker is going to stay with us. The audience stay with us because when we come back, we're going to talk about some information out of testimony about the DNC server. Also, how do we restore the justice system and much, much more. We'd love to know your point of view. Please share it with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We come back. More coming up with former acting U.S. Attorney General Matt Whitaker.